Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 285. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. Where else? At the Casa de Cold Coffee here in an absolutely gorgeous Las Vegas. And I'm saying we got a little mm-hmm. bit of a break from the summertime. We're not quite to that beautiful October weather yet, but we, we got a little break. It's like uh, 83 degrees, I think, was the high today. You can't uh, you can't ask for more than that. Now I'll say we got to it in a rather screwed up way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because earlier this week uh, it was hot as hell, and we were engulfed in smoke and flame. Well, not flames. That that would be exaggerating a little bit. But there was smoke from the yeah. California wildfires. I actually took a picture from my hotel uh, where I was quarantining ahead of Dana White's Contender Series, where normally you have a beautiful view of the Strip. And you couldn't even see the strip because the smoke was just completely blocking it. So that was crazy, right? Like it was just—I mean, you could kind of like smell the fu- the smoke in the air. Um, obviously, we're not getting it nearly as bad as our our friends out in California. So uh, hopefully, everybody's safe out there. But it, we were definitely feeling the effects. But then, like a, 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 a just a, a miracle cure, <laughs> uh, a an Arctic blast of cold air came in from the north, blew it all away, and now we've got this. Gorgeous, gorgeous Thursday afternoon. Although I think it's going back up to like 100 degrees next week. So, yeah, so enjoy for like, day. Yeah, it was su- <laughs> it was super it was super nice. I mean, it was funny because everybody was like, uh, I heard the weatherman say, "We're going to get down to like the 60s or so." So get your jackets ready. And every time I hear that out there, I just laugh. I'm like, Ohio Bro, man, just laugh. Relax, <laughs> relax. I think people can survive the the couple hours. But it actually, it felt uh, it felt incredible. Um, yeah, it was crazy when the the hazy days. It was kind of just like a weird scene from a a, a sci-fi or mm-hmm. some like horror movie or something just to see the the sky completely hazed over um but yeah it felt it felt so good to actually just sit outside it was uh it felt like we had fast forwarded about a month or two into the future um but yeah it's 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 beautiful out there right now so it's uh we're gonna enjoy it for a couple of days then we're gonna yeah. suck it back up for uh some more summertime and then we get into that beautiful October weather. Yeah, which I in fact, because the 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 wind was so bad on Tuesday night. Typically, we are out in the tent for uh, Dana White's That's Contender right. Series post fight, but they actually brought us into the apex into a side auxiliary room um, because the wind was so bad. It was actually blowing portions of the tent over. And if you guys can imagine this, the 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 media tent is a ginormous, big, white, fully enclosed tent, like you would see at a big wedding. Ex- extravaganza or right. something and it's it's held down by giant cinder blocks and uh cinder concrete whatever just these things look like they have to be hundreds of pounds and it was pulling it was moving those things aside like it wasn't a big deal because we were getting like over 50 mile gusts i think or something it's crazy so yeah it's crazy because we've been in there on some nights and you hear the tent just flapping and dana's just like what is going on in here because it's so loud you can't hear anything so they actually brought us inside because it was so bad uh, of the wind. But I believe we're going to be back like normal on uh, Saturday. Back, back out to the, tent. the tent. Yeah, I did like it. I, I, it was kind of cool being inside, having everything you know all kind of self-contained. Oh, yeah. I know everybody. I think we we threw a couple suggestions to the PR team, and they were like, "Yeah, nah." Yeah, we we're like, "Can happening. we just stay here? It's already set up." And they're like, "Yeah, we'll nah. we'll see, we'll see." But you could read in their face, they're like, "No, nah, you're back to the tent. back to the tent with you." Back to the tent. Uh, listen, mentioned in contender series, I do want to say if you're not a weekly watcher of Dana White's contender series, go back and watch this past weekend's man, or, or 
weekends. This past Tuesdays. Go back and watch yeah. it. Uh, Dana White's Consider Series 32. Uh, they don't call it that on, on ESPN+, Plus, but it will just be the most recent episode. Man, this to me was one of the most fun nights of Dana White's Contender Series that we had. And I think part of it was I did have some investment in it. You know, Phil Halls, of course, is a guy that's been around forever, right? I mean, how long have we been talking to Phil Halls? Yeah, it and feels like forever. Forever, man. And he and, and it was like this can't-miss prospect. And, uh, you know, he, every time he would get to the to the big show, he would get his opportunity, you know, whether it was the Ultimate Fighter, whether it was Contender Series the first time around, he would come up short, man. And so here was this guy that – you know, everybody in the gym was like, "Dude, he's can't miss. He's can't miss," and uh, and then he'd miss. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and then he'd miss. And and, and he's so, a physical specimen. When you see him, you're just like, "I don't want to fight him. Oh. I don't want to fight him." And uh, yeah, he's he's a beast. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel like I remember one of the ones when we used to actually go film the Ultimate Fighter tryouts. Right. There was even one of the ones, and everybody was like, "That's the guy to watch. That's, That's so the true. cat to watch." You so know? true. And you see him, you're like, "Oh, he's easily gonna make it." And you know, and then. He just his chances something would come up and he would just fall short, you know. And you're like, that's so crazy because when you look at him, you're like, oh yeah, he's a future champ. Just looking at him, he mm-hmm. just he's so super intimidating. But yeah, he finally had that showing that, that everybody man. was waiting for. He's got his striking has come so far, man. Like you said, when you, when you add in striking skills to already being a physical specimen like that, he's dangerous. So he was on there. Uh, Sherrod Blackledge was on there, which a lot of people might not know Sherrod Blackledge, but um, I called. One or two of his fights at Final Fight, uh, you know, the local organization that was here for a little while. Um, and he also came through the Tough Enough ranks as well. So I'd seen Sherrod Blackledge's career and, uh, you know, kind of evolve. He's a, he's a local guy, a syndicate guy. He had actually um, filled in for a couple uh, coaching sessions as well when my son was still at syndicate. So I'd, you know, seen his work up. up oh, you didn't jinx first him. Hand. Didn't jinx him. <laughs> didn't jinx him, thankfully. Uh, he picked up the win. He did not get the contract, so maybe I did jinx him. Yeah, maybe. there it is. The streak continues. Oh, man. But, uh, but he, man, I thought he looked good. I, I'm actually happy that he didn't get the contract because I still feel like a little bit more development wouldn't hurt. You know, he, he was he's just now 5 and 0 in his career and he's he's yeah. got some skills but a little more seasoning wouldn't hurt. I mean, once you get into the UFC, yeah. killers. Well, he got the best he got uh, at least he got a return to the contender series mm-hmm. as opposed to getting the uh all right, we're going to do a developmental deal, which right. means you're going to spend maybe two or three fights, at least one fight away from the organization, and then come back and, and do then another. coming back, and then probably do the contender series again, which mm-hmm. we've seen happen, and that worked in other people's favor. So he's actually getting the call back right to the contender series. So if he has one more good showing, he's going to get that opportunity to yep. just go straight back in. So I thought that was I thought that was good on him. You know, it could have been it could have been worse. It could have been much more. Uh, you know, I guess a, a, of a depressing thing for him. But and it was interesting when you watch, if you go back and you watch it and you see him listening to Dana, when Dana was like, oh, this guy come out good and he was looking good. He's like, but then the third round. Yeah. And then you see his face and he just closes oh. his eyes and he's like, <laughs> damn it. You know, I, I know he's disappointed. Uh, Adam Hill has been following his career very closely as well. I didn't know about that, that, that the Review Journal's been doing sort of little documentary I on didn't him. know that either, man. I just found out. So they've been they, – he said they have hours of footage yeah. of his career. So if he does yeah. kind of make it big, you know, they'll have a lot of cool That's stuff on cool. him. But So he was talking to, to Sherrod on the phone afterwards, and you could hear that Sherrod was – was disappointed, but I don't. Yeah. I, I really don't think this is the worst thing for him. I think a little a touch more seasoning wouldn't hurt him, to be honest with you. And then, of course, the main event, Tefan Chukwui, um, just absolutely destroyed Al Mataveo. I, I, I did feel bad for Al in this matchup. Um, I mean, when we were at the weigh-ins, I, I wasn't real familiar with Al's work. Um, you know, I don't have time to do 
full research on all these guys. If I've seen them fight, I do. You know, the UFC, when somebody debuts, yeah, I go back and watch some tape on them. On these, I don't always have time to watch tapes. So I didn't know much of his work. Um, but when he came in and weighed in at 200 pounds – and then you saw the size difference. You know that yeah. you know, it was clear that he didn't ac- ac- you know accidentally overcut to 200 pounds. It was like he's just walking around at that weight. Yeah, and you could tell the reach was going to be an issue. So I felt kind of bad for him because Stefan Chukwui, um came from Cage Fury Fighting Championships. We all know what a fantastic organization that is. They're okay. They're they're fantastic organization, they're, sir. They're their commentary teams. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I mean, I see what you're saying because I'm off this. I can't do next week. <laughs> so you're saying, I, you know what? I'll break a little news. I don't think I'm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but uh, here's who's filling in for me: <gasps> Eric Anders. Wow. Yeah, your boy is, is going to wow. get some work on the mic time. So I think what will end up happening wow, is probably – Just say goodbye to that gig. <laughs> so they're gonna. I hope they're not going to have Phil try to take the lead. I think I think Punk will probably take the lead and Woo-wee. Anders will do color. I think Anders will do color. And then uh, – I, tu- I might tune in just to see the shit show happen. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're going to do fine. Punk's done t- tons of broadcasting, man. He'll yeah, but not as the lead guy. Well, that's true. He's no John Morgan. I- well, I mean, that, I mean that's a tough. I mean, and this is no offense to Phil, that is a super tough role. You do it very, very oh, well. I, I mean, that. and that's why I think when people give Anik a lot of credit, I mean, to be able to keep the the show flowing forward in a seamless sort of easy manner is not easy. It's you not. know, some pull it off and make it seem easy that others are like, oh, that's so easy, I could just step in and do it, but. It's a lot tougher than it seems it to is. kind of be able to work with your your co-host and be able to flow. And uh, he's never done that before. This is going to be his first time, unless I'm wrong. No, I don't think he's this done any lead play. This will be his first time the lead. I mean, this could be a giant shit show because, you know, you're looking over to another guy that's not a seasoned pro either right. to help carry you know so if you're faltering sir i'm optimistic <laughs> i don't like where you're going with this i am optimistic you might see me tune into that show just to hear the commentary oh man come on dude they're gonna do fine they're i'm do sure fine. they'll do i'm fine. so disappointed i thought i was gonna be able to to do those shows because they're not um the week of fight island or the week before but the problem is i have to be back earlier than i can possibly get back from those shows to get the covid test to get on the plane to go to fight island so i had to I had to pull out at the last minute, and they found a last-minute replacement. Eric Anders is a last-minute replacement for John Morgan. Yeah, that's what we're saying. That's not too bad. That's you know, not too shabby. You know, uh, that's not too shabby. Your boy's filling in for your boy. Good for him. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. I didn't realize he was trying to uh, – I mean, I guess I've heard every fighter eventually wants to try to go that way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a perfect first step for him to, to I think to so, too, man. He's, in that way. I, you know, he's a well-spoken guy, yeah. you know, um, always – Polite, hardworking man. I think I think he'll do a good I mean, job. He, man. He's 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 gonna step it up in the in the looks game. He's a he's a sharp looking dude. <laughs> nothing nothing wrong with Mr. Morgan. I got know, a face but... made for radio for sure. <laughs> There's a reason I'm on an audio podcast. There's no question about it, man. <laughs> so awesome. I'm gonna be watching those. Well, to circle back, and I'm optimistic. So it'll be fine. I'm just I'm just being devil's uh, advocate. I'm, I'll, I'll say a prayer the night before. All right, me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tafan Chukwui, uh, I had seen him fight. He'd, he had uh, earned a victory over William Knight, who, of course, was, uh, you know, he did have that developmental deal. So, yeah. uh, man, he got an absolutely thunderous high kick. But, it, but the man, the fights before that as well, Ali Escobar Escob- Kizrev. <laughs> Eric Anders would have pulled that one off on the first day. It's, man, it's, I don't have enough of the, uh, of the frosty. Award-winning pass with the river. I mean, we just barely we got just started. Just barely cracked so into you got to have a few of those before Ali Askov Kizriev just there flows off the tongue. There you but go. he looked amazing, and I loved his attitude. Right, he kind of has that uh, 
you know, I I don't want to say the the Hamzat Shemaev attitude, but a little bit, right? Where it's just like a little bit, not 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 nearly close as close to that. Yeah, one. <laughs> not nearly as energetic. But as far as like you know, he just came in and you know he he only speaks a little bit of English, but he did. I think he did say line him up in English. Yeah, and he yep. and uh and but so so he spoke just a little bit of English. I mean, it's, it's definitely the you know I will smash them all type English. Um, uh, but it's great. I mean, when he, when it's like hey. Uh, you know, are you ready to compete at this level? He's like, man, I was ready to compete at this level, you know, five years ago or yeah. whatever. So, I mean, the dude's, the dude has a great – and then Draco Rodriguez, how fun was he, man? Just yeah, a, that was a cool. great performance, a great attitude. And uh, it was so cool because that slick submission that he had, I don't know that I've ever seen a transition like that where um, he's in a bad spot. You know, he's getting out of an arm bar. He's getting out of an omoplata and immediately rolls into a triangle choke of his own. Uh, it was slick. And then for him to be like – Dude, I've never done a triangle before. He's like, I, I don't even know how I got that. I'm like, do you drill that? He was like, I don't know how I got in that position. He was like, I was just in it, and they said, hang on to it, so I did. Uh, but awesome. So this was great. So if you didn't watch uh, this week's Contender Series, definitely do it. If you're not a regular watcher, do it. Uh, it's worth it. And then I guess just the news that came out of that, Dana uh, finally, finally, uh, <laughs> it was really funny because he finally confirmed Fight Island that the dates were official. And it's the, the here's the thing that's really funny about it is that like all of us as reporters were already in conversations with UFC staff about like when the flight was leaving and how, how you know like when we were going and all that. So it's like if you're actually working with us on getting the arrangements made of who's going and how they're going and how they're going to pay and all that stuff. Right. Why wouldn't you just, just announce the damn show? They still haven't. As we sit here right now, they still have not announced it. I don't understand. There's a, there's a, a maybe there's a call later tonight. There's actually a virtual media day with Adesanya and Costa later tonight. Maybe that's where they're gonna finally officially announce where it is. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand the holdup. I mean, yeah, everything a- was all about Fight Island last week, dude. They. They couldn't stop talking about Fight Island last time. You know what I mean? It was we got T-shirts, we got we got beach towels, we got hammocks, we got uh, bucket hats, we got everything. And then now we can't, we can't get the damn thing announced. Did you really get all that? No, I didn't get all. that. I'm saying they have it. Uh, they, yeah, no, like, no, no, no. I was no. like, damn, sign me up. No, I'm saying they have it in the store. I want a, I want a beach hat. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't give us anything. We did get lots of little like uh, sweet treats and things like that from the hotel staff. They would leave oh, little little, oh, little Mr. desserts. Morgan, said, like, Mr. Welcome. Morgan, would you like another mint, please? Should you like me to turn down your pillow, Mr. Morgan? <laughs> Fluff your pillow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know why we can't get it announced, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought that yeah, was it makes funny. sense. I actually thought the broadcast. I was like. You know, you're having broadcasts. Everything makes perfect sense, and then the fact that they just keep skipping all these perfectly made opportunities to spread the news. It's just it's so ridiculous because it doesn't make any sense. Like, what's in it for them to not do it unless there is still some freak possibility that something can come up. That's that somebody that throws asked, a, a monkey wrench in the whole the whole bag of works. Somebody asked me, and my assumption was, and I haven't heard anybody say this. My assumption would be. There's still a contract that needs to be signed, or there's, you know what I mean? Like there's something that's just not legally done. But nothing yet. with the actual country itself. Nothing no. with the government or the 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 chamber of commerce or you whatever that thing so. was, that travel board or whatever. Yeah, the, uh, I just assumed that you know there Dana was waiting for that final check from the Abu Dhabi coming over to say, "Here you go, now come on too. over." That something. might be it too. It's just interesting. Like it doesn't make any sense for a company that is so about broadcasting their promotion and they're so good about getting out of it to be weeks away from a fight and have no weird. legit like statement about it is it's just 
leaves you scratching your head. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. So we finally got the confirmation. Even then, Dana's reaction, if you watch, is hilarious. I'm like, Dana, can you just finally confirm that we're going to Abu Dhabi? He's looking around. I think he was looking for Lene, who wasn't there. Lene uh, Breckenridge, the head of PR, who wasn't there that night. I think that's who he's looking for, to be like, can we just say it? Yeah. And and he couldn't find her because she wasn't there. And And then he was just like... Ah, whatever. We're going to yeah. Abu Dhabi. <laughs> He's like, man, they had all these big plans or how they want to announce it and stuff. Like, well, dude, maybe you should announce it sooner than two weeks out, man. Yeah, what the that's hell? It's just crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's mind blowing. So, the way it's going to affect the contender series is there's one more left, um, and that'll be next Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there. Of course, you're doing your last furlough last week or next week, so you won't be there. Oh, that's right. Uh, but I'll be there. And then uh, I know it's bomb. I was already like, Thinking like, oh man, I got one more contender, and then I get a break. Yeah, but I don't have to worry no, about. You're off next week, man. You're what? off next week. You're good. So I mean, you don't get paid, so that guy. Yeah, I mean that sucks ass, but <laughs> I could use a break. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it, it has <laughs> been kind of a grind. But so uh, one week, uh, one one more week, and then they're going to take a break. So um, I thought maybe they they might want to do shows over in Fight Island. I mean, they can. You know what I mean? They could certainly do it in inside. Uh, you know, in the inside the building they have there, the Flash Forum, but they're they're not going to. They're going to put it on hold, which kind of makes sense. I mean, all the costs that would be involved to fly those yeah. prospects over there and house them and feed them and all that. Yeah, that's 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 a lot. So um, they're going to resume. Uh, the date I was uh, told was November third. So when Dana has been talking about those, hey, we'll bring them back in November. Hey, we'll bring them back in November. It's not that they're adding shows. It's just they're going to the last three of this first, uh, you know, not first season, but this season are being moved to, to uh, starting November 3rd. So that's the that's the update yeah. on Contender Series. Fun, fun. It's been fun. I really I do miss the fact, for any of you that maybe watched our pre-Contender Series show that we did last year, um, was it was a lot, lot of fun. fun. It was so much fun. I was super stressed about it, but it was really, really fun and something different. And I love the fact that the UFC let us sort of branch out and try something different, and let alone to do it before the show, we were getting – elements from the production team yeah. i mean we're setting up doing stuff one of the vice presidents of productions coming in to make sure that we're good i was like i was like let me brush my fucking shoulders off it was here. like fun, we got man. this going on you know you know, I, you know obviously you know contender series preview shows it wasn't getting like millions of views or anything nah. but for the hardcores that did tune in man it was fun i mean dan tom it was me and dan tom that would preview the show and obviously dan tom you know when i say i don't watch a lot of tape on these uh, he did. You yeah. know what I mean? He was coming in with tape on everybody and, and, and knew, you know, I mean, it was just breaking it down so much fun. And, you know, uh, man, we were getting some information from Nolan, right? He was kind of new to the yep. team at that yep. point. He was, he was giving in. us some information. And, uh, and you were basically doing like live TV. Like you said, yeah. you were, you were rolling in elements. So you were filming us on camera, but then you had like preview packages and, and, uh, face off footage and right. all They're kinds just of stuff. And you were rolling in and it was, it was cool. And we got to, and we got to shoot it. Basically, right, you know, in those chairs where they're sitting. Yeah, where everybody, when you watch the series now and you watch them all wait to get the contract, they call that the kitchen right. in reference to sort of in homage to what was over at the old. The old tough the gym. Old they tough waited, gym. In, they the waited in the kitchen. So uh, we would be in there. And it's funny because we'd set up before they were setting up when they were still running uh, their pre-show duties. So we'd have to kind of set our stuff up and then scoot over to the side so that they could bring their people in to sort of test run. They'd right. bring their cameras in. They'd practice the walkouts at the end so the camera and the and the crew knew. And so as we're doing our do preview it. show, they're doing like dress rehearsals they're right doing next their to us. They're doing dress rehearsals right next to us, and then they'd kind of finish theirs, and then we'd kind of send her up again off to the side. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, 
I miss it. Like those, and uh, that's hopefully one of the things that next season, uh, after hopefully all this Corona cool. madness is gone, that it would be fun to be able to get back into that and see how we can, you know, expand that. Because last year we had the promise of being able to get Dane on there. We just never got Dane in there this year, but the hope was to, uh, you know, if Dane was there to be able to bring Dana in. Um, some of the fighters that come watch the show to bring them as guests in. So um, keep that on the back of your minds for, yeah, for next season. Hopefully we can bring, it back we can bring that back. Cause that, yeah, that was, it was a lot of fun and just one of those unique things that uh, over the years of us sort of being able to work this relationship to be able to do something like that, you know, was a lot of fun and, uh, you know, not something that everybody gets to see or yeah. do. So, yeah, it was it was very, very cool. You know what I'm, I'm, most, miss that. I'm most excited about? the COVID days being gone is, uh, well, first of all, in, in-person media days, these virtual media days, we've said enough times, so uh. they're not fun, they're not engaging, but I'm, it didn't bother me at first, and maybe it's just because it's like, well, this is what we have to do. I'm so tired of watching face-offs with people with masks on. Like, oh, yeah. I, you know what I mean? You like to see the, the facial well, expression. Well, and, even, you know? So even though the official weigh-ins, you know, when they step on the scale, every one of these shots now, regardless when you go back in time, is – going to always be referenced to the somebody's like why are they wearing a mask right oh i know that was during so the covid i, I was period, thinking of you know? i was thinking of uh man i hope that there's no fighters that come to the usc and then leave the usc during this time only because that's where we get photos of them right like we're not we're not out here shooting all these other shows so like on mma junkie like the fighter pages you know that i go in there and i update all those photos and, yeah. I, and I load them in so right now we have a bunch of newcomers that the photos we have yeah. of them are I wonder, if, I wonder if we could talk to Heidi and just say if the commission or if, if the UFC allowed it. Because they've done that before where fighters have taken their mask taking off for the, the, the square off and nobody said anything. So, so I wonder if we could just be like, hey, Heidi, ask them when the, they te- step on the scale if they, if they, they could take their the mask off or but something. I just I just hope that there's not people that like forever, their MMA junkie fighter page, like 10 years from now, they'll look yeah. back and be like, their MMA junkie fighter page is them with a mask with on. The mask can't on. see the face. Can't you know even see the face. You're like, but my body looks great. Look <laughs> at me when I was <laughs> in at, shape. Look at, look at when I was in I shape. Was, I was ripped like a mofo. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, COVID. Let's get rid of this. Um, want to say a couple uh, Bellator cards this weekend. So the UFC has an event. Of course, you and I will be covering that. We're going to talk about that briefly. But I did want to mention uh, Bellator as well. And I wanted to say, you know what? I got to make sure from now on, and I'm, I'm making a promise to everybody and, and, and you as well, but uh, everybody that's listening, because um, Nolan King has been our man in the fight sphere out there at, uh, in uh, Uncasville, Connecticut, the Mohegan <clears> Sun <throat> Arena. Yeah. Um, and he's been going out there, and he's been covering every Bellator card. So the way that we've been covering every UFC, he's been covering every Bellator. Um, and man, he's he's having to learn on the fly because you know, kind of like, well, not you, because obviously you were you were uh, you know trained in, in videography and that sort of thing. But kind of like me, you know, I started as a writer, and then you start going out on the road. And now you need to be a videographer, and you need yeah. to know, you know know how to collect good audio, and all. Yeah. so he's having to learn all that stuff on the fly. And so I know it's been you know rewarding for him, but also challenging for him yeah. as well. Um, but you know he's a he's a he's a stalwart out there at every single Bell Tour event. Yeah, he's done really well. It's been funny fielding his messages. What do I do with this? Yeah, they're trying to do this. They're telling me to plug this in here, and they're telling this, and I need to get this, and this, 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 and it's and it's come out fine. I yeah. Mean, so uh, and he doesn't even have the benefit of us sending him like a full gear package, right? Because we've been kind no, of no. Because I mean that was one of the things I wanted to be able to send him. I wanted to send him a mic, a stick mic, and stuff. And I was like, oh, but you're just plugging it in your fucking phone. I was like, <laughs> there's not really a point. I mean, but I might still try to send him something if he can get it. But some of the some of the microphones you need to be able to send power to him. 
to have them unless you have a microphone that sometimes you could put a uh, a battery in them so they're able to at least sort of power. Right. But a lot of these ones that w- I have here, I, like an extra one I have here that I was going to send, doesn't have that capability. So I'm not sure if it would even work in its current yeah, it setup because, like it, because it doesn't get any phantom power. So it's like, what's the point of me sending trying to send him some gear if it's not going to work? So the best thing is just to get him up to speed with something that he's comfortable, get him the gear that he needs. But he's been fine. He's been he's been hustling yeah, and getting the stuff. And, uh, well, here's my promise is that uh, assuming he'll accept our invitation, uh, uh, I need to make sure we have him on this show every week when he's out there in Uncasville. I mean, let's hear what's going on behind the scenes out there. Let's hear, mm. you know, let's get, get, get a little – a little, a little segment, a little, a little time with Just the king. Add something onto his plate. Yeah, basically. So adding work <laughs> onto his plate is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I would assume he wants to talk about it too, man. He's he's a hardcore like we are. He, that he is, that he is. But you know how it is, man. When you've been grinding all day long, and then it's like, oh, hey, by the way, can you do something? extra that is true for us hey man i know you had a media day and weigh-ins today and, and you had to process for, the footage <laughs> and you had to send this and then you had to do this now can we get you for a little talk just for like 10 minutes dog <laughs> just 10 minutes i know okay. you want to eat okay i All know right. you want to eat let me revise my <laughs> promise i promise that i will invite, invite nolan, nolan on here now whether or not he decides to accept that yeah. is completely up to him but uh yeah man let's get his insight <laughs> if you don't there. hear from him that means nolan said f you i'm telling you so I'm done whenever bell tour 247 is uh, if he's not on, just know that Nolan said he's he's not down. <laughs> he said no, thank you, sir. He's not down. Uh, I did want to mention though, because there are some pretty good cards this weekend. Bellator 245 is Friday night. Phil Davis versus Leota Machida, uh, the rematch from the UFC days in the headliner. Um, you know, I mean, listen, it's the, still two very relevant names in the division. You know, I I think it's an entertaining matchup. I think it's a, it's a big matchup. Again, it's it's you know it's not determining uh, number one in the world, but still obviously two very very relevant names. Uh, Kat Zingano makes her belt tour years debut. In the making for this rematch. It's crazy, 2013 man. was when that fight was. I didn't even realize it was that long. I know. Ago. I just had to. I had to. I had, that's how far down I had to scroll down on Tapology. I'm scrolling, scrolling. It was a decision win. It was on UFC 163 Auto versus the Korean Zombie. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. Um. Yeah, so you got that. Katz and Gano's making her debut. Ed Ruth is back. Raymond Daniels is back. He's always, uh, you know, the human highlight reel, man. He's fun to watch. Um, and, and, and I love what they're doing. They're doing back-to-back nights, but it's not these, like, 15 fight cards. Yeah. You know what I mean? You do back-to-back 15 fight cards, man. It's just it's a, it's a grind. You know what I mean? And, uh, and and you got some names in there. This first night, Bellator 245, I mean, Rafael Carvalho's on there. Uh, Tyrell Fortune versus Jack May. Keith Lee is on there against a tough Venetia Zani. Amanda Bell versus Leslie Smith. I like that one. I like Amanda's and Amanda's a lot of fun. Leslie Smith is just a beast. Well, they had, well, a, little, they like had a little dust up at the weigh-ins, too. So yeah. it was kind, kind of fun. But Amanda's a firecracker, man. She is, man. She is. So that, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, the next night, Saturday night, I said it when we were talking on, on Spinning Back Click, you know, our, our little show that we do on Mondays. I think Juan Archuleta versus Patchy Mix might be the fight of the weekend out of out of every single fight, not just Bellator, but Bellator and UFC. Archuleta and Patchy Mix, uh, legit, man. A lot of people believe Patchy is is the real deal, next superstar of the sport, you know, next uh, talent. Juan Archuleta, of course, has had some setbacks, but he's got that phenomenal career record, multiple weight classes. The vacant bantamweight title is on the line, so there's a lot of lot of big things going here. I I, I love this fight. Uh, Fitch versus Neiman Gracie. Uh, Liz Carmouche is making her promotional debut. She'll face Deanna Bennett, who, of course, has been around for a while. Derek Campos goes in there against the undefeated Keone Diggs. 
man, some some big ones. Davian Franklin, uh, Nolan King has a nice article on him. You know, he's he's one and zero. Not a name that a lot of people are aware of, but uh, a, a prospect of sorts. I think you should read the the piece on him and his path to get here. And um, he's he's another one of these guys that Bellator is taking a chance on early in their career. You yeah. know, identifying a physical talent that they see and, and, and getting them in on the ground floor. You know, much like they did like an Aaron Pico or, you know, some of these, you know, that you could go on with the names or that they're taking from like traditional martial arts and, and, uh, and, and giving them a chance and letting them make their pro debuts, you know, early on. So, uh, you know, I, as we, we've always applauded Bellator for doing that. I mean, they're doing things differently. They realize if they want people to be loyal to them, they've got to identify them early. So this is another one of those cases, but, um, yeah, back to back good cards. I think, yeah. I think both are interesting. Both are worth watching. And uh, like I said, I, I honestly believe Juan Archuleta versus Patchy Mix is, is the best fight of the weekend. And, uh, yeah, I, I apologize for not having Nolan on to, to help br- <laughs> break it all down. But I'll, I'll definitely invite him and see if the next time uh, he's working two simultaneous events, he wants to come spend extra time working when he's on his free time. So when you think – and I agree with you, that is probably, if not the biggest fight. So which card overall, though, when I look at the Bellator cards – I'm kind of leaning towards the overall strength, though, of the oh, 245 two, card. 245, top to bottom, is better. It's it, awesome. Top to bottom, 245 awesome is better. Card. That's an awesome but card. But 246, the main card, I, or the main event, I should say, I just believe yeah. Archuleta versus Mix might that's be the best fight event of the as, that's, a fu- that's a good co-main as well. It I is. Neiman Gracie and, and Fitch is good. But, yeah, I mean, that Archuleta Mix is awesome. But looking at 245, I mean, there's a Tyrell Fortune, Ed Ruth, a um, couple wrestlers doing well in the MMA thing. Uh, it should be interesting. But, yeah, when I look at that card, that is fun. I, well, I don't want to disparage the UFC card, but UFC card's good. No, the UFC card. All right, <laughs> all right, we'll a, get, let's, let's get to the UFC card because I will say this. I, I, this is a card that's easy to take a glance at and disrespect it. Um, and, again, it doesn't have the superstars. But I will say I think there's some matchups on here that are going to be fun. I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a fun night. Um We'll get it. Let's just get into the main event right now. Uh, of course, uh, Michelle Waterson versus Angela Hill, um, a, a fight that was promoted to the main event. Of course, uh, originally uh, it was supposed to be Glover Teixeira, Tiago Mejeta Santos. There was a positive COVID test there, so that fight has been delayed a couple of weeks. Um, and Michelle Waterson versus Angela Hill gets uh, promoted to the main event. Um, we'll say, unlike uh, some other fights, instead of going three rounds, they're going five. So yes, they ladies. both decide to step it up. But, you know, I get why people are going to, uh, you know, this is not a number one contender fight, although you'll hear from Angela Hill a little bit later that she she wants to make the argument that it could be, at least for her. Um, it's not a number one contender fight. It's not determining the next title challenger, most likely. Um, both both fighters actually coming off losses, so, you know, that kind of puts a little sour note on it. Now, um, Angela Hill, both, I mean, both of them were split decisions, uh, and both of them have an argument that, that they may have won the fight, uh, especially Angela Hill. I think yeah. almost every uh, almost every media outlet covering that had her winning over Claudia Gadelia. Um so it's it's um it's a fight that is is a good fight. It's a big fight. It's recognizable names. It's it's good personalities. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I I understand why people are saying they don't necessarily love it. Um but still it's it, it could be a good fight and I think let's just do this before we talk about it. cuz I think once you hear both these fighters speak you might see I think they're both in good places, and we and we could expect to see so. So let's do this. Let's start with Michelle Waterson. I had a chance to to speak with the Karate Hottie and talk about kind of where she's at and her mindset and what she had to say. Um, and I think you'll like a a little bit of what she uh, of what she has to say. 
Hey, John. Hey, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a busy day, so thank you. No, it's good to hear your voice. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, t- tell me, Michelle, I mean, uh, headliner, of course, you've done it before, but um, I- does it still feel special? I mean, everything's so different now, right? I mean, it's not the big hotels. There's not the big crowd, whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, does it still feel special like a UFC main event? Absolutely, it does. You know, um, it's been ramping up. I kind of, you know, left with a bit of a salty uh, taste in my mouth after my last fight. And so, you know, just falling in love with, with the training, falling in love with um, with learning and, and growing and getting better and, and the grit and the grind of it all, is, is, it's just been um, refreshing. And so to be bumped up to main event just um, adds to that <laughs> that refreshment. And, and um, it's, it's exciting, you know. I'm, I'm excited to go five rounds with a game opponent like Angela. No doubt. Well, you touched on it right there, the five rounds. I'm not going to pick on any of the guys, but we've had some three-round main events lately. Uh, talk to me about why, <laughs> why, why you were okay doing five. You were saying, hey, you, you know, don't give me three. We'll do five. Yeah, because it's main event, and, 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 and my end game is to fight for the championship belt, and that's a five-round fight. So, you know, we, we always train for five-round fights, and, and we're ready for it, you know? dig it so second fight uh with no audience in 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 place um what lessons did you take out of the first one i mean is there a different like energy mentality mindset like something you have to do in that environment yeah absolutely i think that um you know i i I do think that hearing her coaches and hearing commentators um played a part into me not pushing in my last fight because i because i thought that um you know i was winning i could hear the desperation out of her corner i could hear the um the, the commentators say Carla needs to do something and so um, I didn't feel the need to um, to push especially if it gets the opponent like Carla who is, is really good at um, strategically you know taking the rounds um, and so um, having, having it that intimate and being able to listen to like all the conversations can sometimes be a negative so you know we'll focus a lot this camp on just being able to listen to my corner and, and trusting in myself and actually and, and going in there and, and taking the fight, not not leaving it up to the judges. Nice. Yeah, you said two two decisions in a row, but, I mean, both the former champions. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best, but, I mean, are there, is there a consistent lesson you take out of both those fights about, you know, kind of what you, what you need to do to be better to get the results that you want? I did. I just have that, uh, that championship mentality to go out there and, and take it and not to expect um, – for the judges to see the way that I did in my own mind, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so to go out there and, and, and to rise to the occasion of a champion. I like it. Uh, matchup with Angela Hill. Obviously, she comes from a striking background, got that Muay Thai base. Um, is this a fun fight for you? I mean, the, the stylistic matchup seems like it could be a lot of fun. I do think it's going to be lots of fun. She has her, her stand-up background. Um, I think her my, my – all around MMA skills is going to it's going to match up really well up against her Muay Thai um, uh, in all arenas. You know whether it, it just it turns into a stand up uh, war or if it hits the ground or if we hit the cage. Uh, I, I definitely think that I, I trump her in, in all those areas. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I think most people would see you as the more well rounded martial artist. Um, but you know, fans like the the slugfest. <laughs> you know, to stand and bang. So is there? I mean, it seems like the smart play would be use your ground skills, but maybe you'd be tempted to kind of brawl a little bit. Is that is that a battle you have to have with yourself? Um, the game plan is to win the fight, <laughs> <laughs> regardless of where it goes. And but also, like you know, I'm really eager to get in there and and um, you know put some damage on. It. I think that I've kind of gotten away from that 
just under the pressure of trying to climb the ladder and just trying to win, um, and, and and forgetting about the what what the objective of, of fighting is. It's to, it, um, the person that gets to you know put the most damage on the other person, and so I'm like, I'm excited to get in there and then put some damage on her. It's interesting because I mean I know mom mom champ is definitely the goal, but I did wonder. I mean. Do you still think about rankings and positioning and all that right now, or is it easier in some way to just kind of let go of that and, and, like you said, just focus on the fight versus, you know, what you need to get done or where this leaves you or where it puts you and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, that when you start looking at, at it that way, um, it becomes an overwhelming task, like a, like an un, you know, un, unattainable goal. And so I'm just doing, um, I'm just going step by step and enjoying being in the moment. And um, I know that all, all I have to do is just keep chipping away, and eventually, you know, I'll be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's awesome. The fight got rescheduled a little bit, of course. Um, did that have any impact, positive or negative? I mean, I guess extra time to prepare, but uh, I guess you have to worry about overtraining or peaking too soon. I mean, what, what, what did you change anything in those weeks? Uh, what, what did the reschedule do for you? I think everything happened for a reason, and, um, you know, if it hadn't gotten scheduled, then Angela and I wouldn't be fighting for the main event. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that it did get rescheduled. Fair point. All right. Well, uh, listen, like you said, I mean, it's just focusing on this, but, but what is the goal here? I mean, is there, is there a goal outside of just getting a win here? I mean, is there anything extra that, that you have to prove to, to yourself or to other people or something you want to accomplish? Or is it literally just make sure you get your hand raised on Saturday night? Yeah, that, you know, that's the, that's the ultimate goal, getting my hand raised. And as far as proving something here, here and there, I, I think that, um, you know, I've been fighting so long, and it's funny because you can kind of get caught in this um, routine of, of, of fighting. And um, for me, it was just, it, it, it kind of, it's weird how it comes full circle because I'm just really excited to get in there and fight. You know, I, I don't care for it to be technical. I don't care for it to be pretty. Um, it probably will turn into a mess, but <laughs> that's what fights are sometimes, you know. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it being a hot mess. <laughs> that's awesome all right well last thing for me i mean uh when, when you play this one out in your head what do you see i mean you just said maybe we'll see something crazy but do you think you can you can get a finish or do we or do we have to you know 25 minutes of uh of a war um i'm looking for a finish you know i feel like if um if angela is is, is a game for it and, and she steps up to the plate then it, it can turn into a five-round war but for sure you know my objective is to finish So Michelle Watterson, always enjoyable to talk to, always in good spirits, of course. Um, but Cole Coffee, I like what she's saying there in the fact that, um, first of all, you know, she says, listen, I, I know, you know, I've had some losses. Now, granted, both of her recent losses came against former champs, uh, so no shame in that. But, you know, she says, listen, you know, because there was talk about her when she was on the little winning streak, like, hey, is she is she in line for a title? Because, you know, she is such a – she's a needle mover. I mean, there's no question. Yeah. I get it, right? Like, you don't have you to be – You can't deny it. You don't have to – yeah, you don't have to be a genius to figure out why people want to tune in and watch her fight. You know, yeah. she's she's not hard on the eyes, but she's also super sweet. She's very marketable. She's she's a fun fighter. Um, but she's – so anyway, she says, look, now I don't have to think about that. I don't have to worry about, you know, where I stand and what I get. Like, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'll get there. But I love where she says, listen, I kind of forgot – what the point of a fight is. And that's to really hurt somebody, man, to go in there and put damage on somebody. And that's been the biggest criticism of her, um, you know, throughout her career. Now, granted, 
she's really an atom weight fighting up a division because there is no atom weight division. If there was atom weight in the UFC, she would be at 105 pounds. So she's been at a size disadvantage in, in pretty much every one of her fights. Um, but she gets labeled a point fighter, and I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. So for her to say. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make this messy and I don't have to be technically perfect. I just want to make it, you know, a, 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 you know, a hot mess, as she called it. I think that bodes well, you know, if she can live up to that. Now, if it's just empty words, yeah. it's empty words. But if she can live up to that, I think she can make this fight a lot more exciting than I think a lot of people are anticipating. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. The The thing is, though, with, with her coming in a bit undersized, going into someone that I think – I wouldn't call her oversized, but Angela Hill is super strong for that division. Yes, she she has to be one of the strongest, toughest fighters. So going in there and saying, I believe I'm you're just, a big fan of her shoulders. If I oh, recall. yeah, I was talking about her delts Very earlier, muscular, man. Right? She's fucking, her shoulders are <laughs> fucking impressive. I want her shoulders. Uh, I used to have good shoulders before I wasn't fat and lazy. <laughs> but that being said, uh, she uh, Angela is the kind that she will push the pace. And it's easy to say going into a fight with somebody uh, – that I'm going to push the pace, I'm going to push forward, I'm going to just do this, this, this. But if you have a bigger opponent that wants to do the exact same thing, mm -hmm. that's kind of fighting against the norm of what is the karate hottie. The karate hottie, while some people might call her a point fighter, she's she's precise. She gets in that. She take, she does I, – I like to think of her like as a tactical striker. Right. She she gets in, she makes her strikes, and then she moves, and then she, she finds the right spot to dick, go in, get the hits, and then get out. Somebody like Angela – is going to be pushing forward, trying to come at her every time. And she's not going to give her a lot of time to reset and think. So it would be fun, in in theory, if they're both going to say, I'm going to go forward, I'm going to make this dirty, I'm going to make this bloody, and I'm going to get in there. That's easier said until after the first few punches. And then I think she's <laughs> going to decide, I maybe don't want to do this. But in this one, uh, I, I do like Angela just for the fact of uh, – you know, it's just it's just the strength, and I think she's just fighting on another level right now, and that's nothing against the hottie. The fact that a lot of people are making a big deal about the fact that she's coming in for for on two losses, coming into this, and you're right, she's those are against two former champs, mm -hmm. where maybe she was a, a little overthinking, was trying to do the point thing, and maybe she's like, I got to stop doing that. Let me just get back to fighting. Let me get back to hurting somebody. This isn't the perfect opponent for that to happen against because this is somebody that's going to be doing the exact same thing and you're going to be undersized. But that doesn't mean that you can't hurt Angela because with her strikes and with her kicks and the way she's able to use some spinning attacks and kind of strike from awkward angles, it only takes one or two of those really r r nicely placed shots to shock Angela and set her back a little bit. And, the, uh, and Karate Hottie's perfectly capable of doing that sort of thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad it's five rounds because these two women have plenty of cardio to keep it exciting and keep it moving yep. the whole time. Like, we're not going to see, oh, we're going to get to the third round and everybody's like, oh, we're into the championship rounds and then just watch two They're people exhausted. just walking and not doing it. Like, these two are going to be going 100 miles an hour for 25 minutes. Um, and it's going to be – it's it's this is one of those ones where it literally is beautiful violence because looking on the, the side, they're both attractive women, but they're both just absolutely fun fighters that are very, very skilled. And while this may not be a contender fight, it still does make sense that this is an important fight for the division. It does these, make These a are difference. two women that are still – fighting at a high level at the top of the division. And when you're looking at the, that division, you got to look at the people in the top 10 because the way that the, the UFC sort of works, it's not one against two. It's not 
two against three, three against four. It's who's bringing uh, eyeballs, who has momentum, who able, who's able to talk that game, Absolutely. and who does the champ want to fight? Who does the champ want to challenge yourself against? So either one of these two with an exciting fin, uh, win, it, you know, would be even better if there was an exciting finish. Yes. That immediately will propel them up to the top. So if Angela Hill says, I think the title fight could be next, if she goes in there and absolutely starches the karate hottie and just gets a finish, which I don't, has, has she ever been finished? Well, I guess she's gotten uh, submitted and that sort of things. But if she get if she goes in there and say she knocks out the karate hottie, I would say Angela is absolutely in that if not That'd the contender spot, or be right there to where they could just say, "Hey, this person's bringing it." You know, let's 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 see what we can do. So that's what's fun about this this sort of thing. I mean, I think a lot of people, and I think with some of these fight nights, this is the perfect kind of fight for a fight night. When they used to talk about what fight nights would be, it was about um, people that were maybe not exactly ready to take the the helm of a pay per view but we're right there next to it. It was almost like a testing ground right. to see how they would do. So this fight makes complete sense. And when you look down the rest of the card, no offense to anybody else on this card, but who the hell else are you going to move up to the main event to skip this fight? No, that was I just don't see event. it. Yeah. I don't see it. There's nobody else on this card that can take the uh, the, the helm of, of, of the main event. No, you know, So easily, when you look down the card, this is the most uh, – this is the biggest fight that actually means something for division. Not, nothing against these other fighters. They're all working their way up to that spot. But this could be a lot of fun. I mean, we see fights like this all the time surprise us and just leave us just, you know, wanting more. Like when we saw, um, was it any, well, fuck, any Whaley Zhang fight. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, all right, man. give me more of that. Give me more of that. This could be one of those fights because both of these women are, are super, super tough. They could literally beat the shit out of each other. And in the fifth round, we're just like, just dying with the anticipation, and they could still. Well, at be least you're coming in with low expectations. Yeah, it's, yeah. It'll be just like this, it's just like Zhang and Yuana, dude. It'll be just yeah, like that. Just like that. I mean, it, just but slightly in fairness, it. it could. It could actually fairness, be that it way. Could. Um, it could be. All right, let's let's and and listen. The great thing is, it should be done before Archuleta and Patchy Mix walk to the cage. So it's perfect. So I don't think I don't think you you know there's going to be some overlap of the cards. But I just told you, I think that's the biggest fight of the weekend. I think this card will be done time for you to tune in for that main Whoa. event so uh, all right let's that's see. a we, crazy night of fights i love it all right uh you talked about kind of what angela hill is saying and so let's let's get to that as well because she is saying that hey she thinks she may be uh you know able to to state her case for for a title so let's uh let's hear what uh angela hill had to say when i when i spoke to her angela i have john morgan on the line for you cool hey angela how you doing Oh, fancy. Hi, good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I appreciate you taking time. I know it's busy. You know, when you're the headliner and stuff, it's real busy. You know, you get, you get lots of stuff going on, so I appreciate it. I know. Where were they when I had my prelim fight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me about it. I mean, you know, ma main event, UFC main event. I mean, this this has got to be a big deal in your career. I mean, I know it's not, you know, the ideal time with the big hotels and the big crowds and all that, but does it still feel pretty special to be in this spot? Mm. Yeah, it feels really special. Um, just the amount of uh, posts on online and and the amount of people like uh, just adding me and cheering me on. Like I, I can feel the crowd, even though they're not physically here. I can definitely feel their presence. That's awesome. And I, I thought it was interesting because I don't want to pick on anybody, but we've had some, you know, substitute main events lately that stayed at three rounds. You, yeah. you, you went up to five. So I'm curious. Was there any discussion about that? Was it a difficult decision? What, what did you think the move from three to five? 
Um, well, uh, I think, uh, when I, when we talked to my coach, um, we're just like, you know, the last, my last fight after the third round, I, I was recovered so fast. Like I could have gone two more easily. And I think that would have, those two rounds would have been the one that made the difference in winning and losing that fight. So I definitely feel more confident with five rounds. My cardio is always on point. Um, my, uh, my recovery is always on point, um, once I get to fight week. So the difference between three and five rounds is, is, is not a big difference. Like we do five rounds, uh, when we spar all the time, you know, so it, it's not a huge difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned that last fight. I know you weren't happy after that fight and a lot of people saw it the other way. Um, what, what lessons do you take out of that? Because i got to imagine it's a little difficult just to get by the frustration, and it's easy to just say, well, the judges sucked or whatever, but that doesn't help you, right? So what, what lessons did you, yeah. did you end up taking out of it? Um, well, it, it just proved to me that I'm good, you know? Like, it, like it, it was one thing beating, beating those three girls beforehand. Um, they, those girls were either new into the scene or they haven't really proven themselves yet, but Gedalia, she's, She's been around. She's been the number two in the Charlotte division for the longest time. So being able to go in there and perform that way against her, um, I felt like it was a huge confidence boost to me. And if anything, it just proved to me like, hey, I could have, I could have taken even more risk. You know, I could have like thrown a bunch of flying shit at her. I could have like, you know, totally just unloaded on her and then circled and I would have been able to unload on her again as opposed to um you know uh how to fight when I was more picking my shots and and being a little more cautious and I felt like I fought a really good fight a really technical fight and I felt like I did did more than enough to win but that still wasn't enough so so I, I it just proves to me like hey if you want these if you don't want that to happen again because it's like the third time that it's happened to me <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm like alright <laughs> you think I would have learned by now so it was like hey if you don't want it to happen again you need to unleash on these girls you need to try to 10-8 them every round and if I do that then I'm definitely going to get a knockout if I 10-8 them every round I'm definitely going to get a knockout either that or girls just going to be stupid tough and all mashed up and it's still going to make me look good <laughs> so so I I know I can I know I can do it I know that I have the ability to do it it's just like a mental decision to, uh, okay we're going to push the pace now and then now and then now you know and not mm-hmm. second guessing myself or or holding back at all yeah you know you talk about kind of the mental approach I wonder I mean is is that what it is you think that's clicking right now I mean obviously on paper it's a loss last time out but I mean you've been on this fantastic run whereas you know we've kind of watched you grow up in front of our eyes right I mean you were learning Mm -hmm. at the highest level so um what is it do you think that's clicking right now I mean is it like a a mentality thing or your skills just finally rounding out what what is it um I think it's a little bit of both uh when when I uh I always talk about that that Randa Marcos fight where I just had a like a total brain fart. I just wasn't in there, and I let the pressure get to me too much, where I was hesitating a lot in the fight. And the fight right after that, I just had ten days to get ready. It was a girl that I already knew, like, oh man, I could beat her up, you know. So so 
knowing that it was the last fight on my contract and that this was a chance for me to just like, you know, redeem the last loss and, and put a stamp on my name going out. Uh, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't think at all. I was in there. I was in the moment. I just went for it. I threw everything I had at her and she, she took it all, but it was like, everyone was saying that it was the best performance of my career so far. So, Having that, even even though I haven't been having, like, as short-notice fights recently, I've been trying to take that same mentality in there of a short-notice fight. Like, you're, when you go in for a short-notice fight and you know you're in shape, uh, you know um, you, you know it's a win-win. You know, you know no matter what happens, like, you're not going to be penalized by the UFC for losing a short-notice fight, but you're also you also have a great chance to look like a G, you know, like going out there and just dominating from like, with like a week's notice. So it's, it's always a win-win when you take those short notice fights. And I've just been trying to embrace every fight like that. You know, even though I had like four months to prepare for this one, I'm just trying to, um, when I get in there, I just try to focus on being in the moment and not worrying so much about what's going to happen before or after or what they can possibly do to me you know just uh still fighting smart but not not um not letting the pressure get to me not overthinking like what people are gonna think if I mess up but and you know just all the negative thoughts that creep into your head while you're in there so um so I've just been trying to focus on that and uh I spent a lot of time focusing on that after after that fight I lost um, and I, and I really feel like, uh, I really feel like it's helped me out. Like just practicing it in the gym, practicing being in the moment in the gym, you know, just focusing every, every time I hear throw a punch and just throwing the punch as hard as I can, you know, and then, and then worrying about the repercussions afterwards, as opposed to like, you know, when you, when you throw a punch, you don't throw as hard just because you don't want to be tired for the next punch. You know what I mean? It's, it's like little decisions like that where you, where you go for broke and then worry about what happens next as opposed to trying to anticipate being tired or anticipate uh, losing or winning or whatever. Um, it, it really changed the way I approach fighting and I think, I think it's helped me out a lot and I think it's a hard lesson for a lot of people to learn so I, I feel like it's given me an advantage in a lot of my fights. No doubt. Well, let, let me ask you, you know, you said the fight with Claudia, you know, kind of somebody that had been there. What does this fight mean to you? Because, I mean, Michelle Waterson, obviously, a, you know, a well-known name, but obviously an established veteran, a former Invicta champ just like you. Um, I mean, what, is, does this does this feel like a big moment? I mean, not just, the, not just the main event opportunity, but also, you know, a chance to put Michelle Waterson on your resume. Does that feel like a big opportunity? Yeah, for sure. Um, Michelle's a person that I always felt like I matched well against. And I think, if anything, I'm more prepared for her now than ever. Uh, I have the confidence uh, that, you know, I might have been lacking before if we had met earlier in my career. Um, but I, I've always felt like I had the skill set. You know, I've always felt like I had the skill set to outgrapple her, to, to uh, outstrike her, to land the harder hits, land the harder punches and kicks. And... Um, and yeah, like I, I just feel like it's perfect timing for this matchup. I feel like I've 
I've been on the up and up, and uh, unfortunately, the other fight didn't go my way. I feel like that would have been a huge boost to my fandom and to uh, just my my um, my net worth as a fighter. But I think this can do the same thing, just because she is so highly ranked and she is so uh, you know respected in MMA community. And honestly, honestly, I, I feel like we've beaten the same caliber people. You know, like I don't feel like she's performed better than me in her career. I just think that she had more eyes on her, maybe from beating Paige Van Zandt, you know, who who had like millions of followers at the time. So maybe that just like boosted her up a, a lot faster than I got boosted up. But um, but I I don't like I I think it's really uh, I think it's really obvious that I'm I'm the better fighter. And, yeah, obviously, like, I still have to prove it. (laughs) But I think, I think, I think, I think it's written, it's already written. Like, anyone who's paying attention knows that I'm a better fighter. So, whatever she did to improve, like, I'll be seeing the best version of Michelle. So, maybe she'll do some things that I'm not expecting. But I I already know that I'm ready for everything. I know that whatever she throws at me, I'll be able to defend it and I'll be able to hurt her more than she's able to hurt me. So I really feel like this is going to be a showcase fight for me and this is going to put me on the map, put me in the conversation. Maybe I'll break into the top 10. Who knows what the ranking people are thinking. Yeah, the thumbs up their ass half the time. But, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully this is going to be the fight that gets me in the conversation for title contention so I'm really motivated for that I think I think I deserve it I think I just have to you know put put a put a stamp on it with this fight and and everyone's gonna agree with me that I deserve a title shot after that All right, so, you know, in some ways, some similar uh, sentiments being shared, of course, uh, you know, again, both coming off a loss. Hill, of course, really doesn't feel like she lost, but, I mean, it doesn't do you any good to whine about it. Like, you got to take your lessons. You got to move forward. Um, And she's saying the right things, too. You know, she's saying, listen, I'm coming in with that short-notice mindset. Yes, I've had four months to prepare for this, but I'm coming with the mindset I do when I when I step in on those fights at short notice, which is there's nothing to lose here. There's everything to gain. Let's just do this. Let's let's go at it. Um and and I think it's gonna be um I think it's gonna be a a, a really good fight. I do I think it's gonna be better than the expectations. Uh, I did side with Angela Hill for my staff picks. Um you mentioned it there, you know the size advantage that she's gonna enjoy as she always does. The fact that I really do feel like she is I mean she's finding her own right now. I mean that was a tough, tough fight with Cadelia, but as she said, you know that's somebody that's been you know right at the top of the division for for how long now i mean it's, yeah. it's unbelievable so um i, I side with angela i want to do something a little different uh before we talk about the rest of the card normally i wouldn't do this um but there was a section of audio from her virtual media day that i thought was really important because you know the, in talking about what what this means the division and, and you know man we're not super political people by any stretch of the imagination i mean uh we just like to drink beer and, and watch fights you know what i mean but yeah i mean we would never say anything crazy <laughs> fuck trump uh, 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Uh, we're not. We're not overly political people. No, I, I'm definitely not. But there's much smarter people for that. Way. Sort of thing. I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So <laughs> much um, smarter people. Let them debate it. So here. But here's what I thought was impressive. So her. You know, Angela Hill's management team came out and said um, she's the first black woman to headline uh, a UFC event. Now, immediately, I thought, what about Jermaine Durandamy? I believe she's. You know, her heritage is... Her father's from Suriname. Right. I tried finding pictures just to double check. Right. I couldn't find a picture of her father, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to assume. That's, I mean, that is true. Her mom was white as all yes. get out. So I, I haven't seen... She got to get the color from somewhere. Somewhere. So I, I believe she may qualify as well. But they've since come back and, and clarified. Now, I haven't heard anybody say, oh, sorry, it was Jermaine Durand me. But they have come back and said, first African-American woman. And when I heard that, I'll be honest, um, not that I... I I don't want to say that I said, so what? You know, it's not that. I wasn't that casual. I'm like, that's cool. But it's just like, I mean, somebody's got to be the first everything, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, and so I guess I didn't really grasp the importance of what that meant and grasp the importance of, even though even though we're in this, uh, you know, crazy time where this is such a big discussion in our country, and you know, man, you know me, I am, I am anti-racism to the fullest, man. Like, to me, we are all the same people, dude. We all are just trying to get by, man. We're trying to pay the mortgage. We're trying to have a, have a smile. We're trying to find a job we like. We're trying to find somebody we love. We're try- you know what I mean? Like To me, we've been fortunate enough to travel the world and seen that we're all doing the same damn thing, more or less. So I, it's not that. But I guess I just didn't really grasp the importance of what it meant. And it was Damon Martin, longtime Journalist, of course, in the MMA space. He currently works for MMA Fighting, who brought it up in the virtual media day today. And uh, I thought Angela Hill's um, answer was pretty damn awesome as to why it matters. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. So I want to play some more audio from Angela Hill. This is uh, from the virtual media day. And again, she's answering uh, Damon Martin's questions and, and uh, about what this means. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it kind of struck me as a, as a, you know, gave me some better understanding of why the moment does mean something. When your manager posted that image saying you were the first black woman to headline a card, I saw it and I thought, wow, that's really awesome. That's really cool. But we are living in a, in a very you know interesting time in our country in terms of the significance of something like that happening right now. Uh, I know you said you don't want to let it you know, weigh on you too much with, you know, you want to be the winner in the main event, but what, what, is it, what does it mean to you the significance of, of this happening at this moment in time? Um, it's, it's big. Uh, and I didn't even realize how big it was until, until he mentioned it to me. And, uh, I think, I think in a time like this, uh, people, people need heroes. People need, uh, someone to look up to, someone to root for. And just the fact that this hasn't happened yet is, is indicative of the fact that it is important, you know, like a lot of people will say, why does it matter? Well, if it doesn't matter to you, you then that's okay. But it does matter to the fans who see that and they're like, finally, you know, finally we have some representation. Finally, we have a face that's in the sport that we love that we, and we've been waiting for it for so long. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool to be a part of that. Um, the Black Lives Matters movement is is just uh, it, it it's really important, and I think it's really important. I think people try to um, pretend that it's not, or or try to call it things that it isn't, because it's hard to look at the 
to look at the violence, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say there's something wrong when you haven't experienced it yourself. And, um, and I think uh, the reason it's so important to Black people is because they've all had moments where they felt in danger or they felt like, uh, they felt like they weren't being considered as human as their white counterparts. And it's not something that disappeared when Obama got elected. It's not something that um, disappeared once cops got cameras on, got body cams. You know, it's it's something that's that's still hurting the community right now. And, um, and I think just with the pandemic going on and uh, with, with just, you know, everything just being so divisive right now, it's, it's really brought it to light and really made people att pay attention to how hard it, how hard the struggles are. And, and, you know, the fact that there does need to be some change. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a touchy subject for me, you know, cause I, it's, I don't know. It's like, I wish I could do more. I wish, I wish I, I, um, I wish I could do all the research and figure out ways to make make uh, make America a better place, and um, you know what actions to take to help get justice for the people who have been uh, um, killed killed unjustly, and and you know just it's it's really hard to think of all that, and um, and the easy thing for me to do is to fight, you know, like I like if if this is if this is something that I could do, if, if just carrying that burden into the cage is is something that I can do, I'm I'm happy to do it because a, a lot of times uh, I think a lot of us feel helpless, you know, and it's and it's um, yeah, it, it's it's just such a it's such a tough subject and it and it gets under people's skin. But the reason it's so touchy is because it's such an important thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm going off on a tangent, but uh, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy just me doing what I what I would be doing no matter what. I'm happy that that can somehow make a change or somehow uh, um, encourage people to keep fighting for what they believe in. Absolutely, absolutely. You talked earlier about you know also inspiring people, and we talked about representation, and you posted a tribute on your Instagram page to Chadwick Boseman when he passed away. And uh, obviously I know you're a big pop culture person like myself. We've talked about this in the past, the how, how significant Chadwick was to the pop culture movement in terms of being a, a black man, being black Panther and giving kids, you know, a superhero to look up to where, you know, he did the, the captain America, whatever it is, you know, being that representation. I know it's a lot of weight to put on your shoulders, you know, going into a fight, but, 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 but are you, are you proud to, to have that, you know, be that inspiration for people, be that representation? Because you mentioned, you know, it's kind of weird that we we're at this point, we haven't had a, a black woman headline a UFC card and, and, you can be that for people. You, you can be that representation, that inspiration. Yeah, um, I think uh, when he died, I, I, I think like everyone else, I, I started watching a lot of interviews that he had, um, talking about um, the significance of uh, when Black Panther came out. And the one that really choked me up was the one when um, he was he was surprised at how important the film was to these two kids who were terminally ill. Um, he was so surprised that it was, it was that important to them. 
And and that's kind of like I, I would never compare myself to to like him, but uh, when people do reach out and say, "Hey, um, my daughter looks up to you. My girlfriend loves you. Um, my uh, like, I, I hope my daughters can be be as strong as you are." Like when people reach out and say things like that, it it's always it's it's always surprising, but it it just makes me feel so happy that I didn't give up. You know, like it it gives me that extra push when I just want to be like, fuck it, you know, <laughs> like, fuck it, this isn't worth it. It's too hard. Because fighting is hard. It's really hard. And it's even harder when when you're entire, like, every time I've lost, it's been on the UFC stage. I've never lost outside of the UFC. So having having that magnifying glass on every, every win, but also every um, failure, it, like, people reaching out to me and saying stuff like that. Like it's, it's so, it's so special. And it's something that you can't, um, it's, it's just something that you can't really explain, but, uh, you know, representation is such an important thing to so many people. And I remember like when I was a kid and, and I would always want the black Barbie because I'm like, yeah, that's me. Or I would always, you know, uh, watch Rugrats and get extra excited when Susie was on, you know. Um, so it's it's just like one of, those, one of those little things where people who aren't starved of it don't realize that they would miss it if they didn't have it, you know. Uh, if, uh, if you are, if you're white in America, you've never, you've never felt underrepresented, you know. Um, but but it's it's a thing that's important um especially when uh especially in times like this where where you feel like y- your people are being treated less than human so um so yeah it's it it's it's so sad uh you, the death of Chadwick Boseman and and I think uh I think it it was really I think it was really crazy it, how strong he was, the fact that he kept kept all all that to himself, the fact that he was fighting cancer for so long. And um and yeah, it, it's just a, another sad loss. It's 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 horrible, but um definitely his story is given a lot of people strength, including me, uh just seeing that um you never know who you're inspiring. And just just by going about your day, just by by trying to be the best you that you can be, you never know who's looking at that and and taking inspiration from that. So so yeah, that's I guess that's all I have to say about that. All right, so there's your socially conscious message of the day. Like I said, we don't normally we just like to talk fights and drink some frosty beverages, but I don't know. It struck me, and uh, I thought it was cool to hear her say it and kind of uh, an explanation of kind of. Uh, why, why it does matter. So, uh, listen, I should say, by the way, if you like what you're listening to, and I don't see why you wouldn't be. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal discussion, I think. Uh, make sure that you, uh, you're you subscribed to us wherever that you are listening to. Uh, me, I do Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us there. Uh, make sure you take a second. If you can rate us, review us, uh, that stuff all helps us get noticed by the algorithms and helps everything grow. Uh, and, of course, you can just tell your friends about us too, man, and sh- share, share. Get them to listen in. That's a nice enjoy. little sultry algorithm, the way you said mm. algorithm. This is Al Gorilla. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Welcome to the Slow Jams. Yeah. Uh, all right. And if you want to take your game up to the next level, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month. You can join our little growing community over there where we're always having some discussions and checking in about stuff. And, of course, that is the official home and the exclusive home of the and a half episodes where we wrap up all the UFC events, which are damn near every week now in fact not damn near they are actually every week now so you get a second episode every single week wrapping up with, with you know a little bit of analysis some thoughts some behind the scenes looks and of course uh, some audio from some of the winners you don't have to sit around and sift through all of our content to hear from uh, the big winners tonight so do that still working on those tasteful nudes that joe lucenti was asking about <laughs> we're working on that joe we haven't found any tasteful ones yet. Yeah, That's there, the problem. There's nothing tasteful about this. <laughs> there's nothing tasteful about this. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk about As you said, you know, there's not another fight that would have been worthy of promoting to the, the main event. I would agree with you there. But I will say, I don't hate this card. Uh, Atman Azatar and Kama Worthy could be absolutely fireworks. Uh, Kama Worthy has had a, a great UFC run so far. Atman Azatar, the undefeated record. He's just an absolute trip, by the way. He's a, he's a funny dude. Uh, Andrea Lee versus Roxanne Motiferi. Of course, I'm always going to cheer for Roxanne Motiferi. She spent a lot of time teaching my kid jiu-jitsu. And uh, how do you not love Roxanne? She's a, a fixture in our Las Vegas community. That's a rematch of, uh, of a fight from back in 2014, I believe. Uh, Ed Herman is back against Mike Rodriguez. That could be a fun yes. fight. And Ed Herman, man, uh, by the way, uh, check out his media day interview, if you will, of him just kind of keeping it real and being like, it was actually uh, former MMA junkie uh, writer Steve Morocco, Deputy Steve over there at MMA Fighting, who uh, who asked him, "How's your 2020 been?" And he was like, "Fucking sucks." sucks man. <laughs> just, I think everybody feels that way. <laughs> oh man, he was keeping it real, but he's but he's back. Um, you know, he's had a lot of setbacks this year, rescheduling and that sort of thing. So, uh, and I mean. Ed Herman, who loses a – I think the first question of the scrum was like, what does it feel like to be back on fight week? He's like, I was on fight week last time. He's like, I was on fight day, and it got canceled. And and Ed Herman, how can he not be a roadshow favorite if the guy loses his fight, uh, it gets scratched, and what does he do? Straight to the bar, man. He's drinking right away. They're trying to get him another fight, and he's like, sorry, bro, I'm already I hammered. Already, I already started drinking. <laughs> you got to love him. Bobby Green, of course, man, always a, a roadshow favorite. And, uh, man, it's uh, his speech with his dad. I've seen that kind of recirculating again. I mean, that powerful speech he had with his dad about, you know, how the what the community needs for love and for understanding and all that. I've seen that making the uh, the, the circulations around again before this fight against Alan Patrick, who's a, 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 a fun a fun fighter as well, so that stylist could be so could be fireworks. And then Kyle Nelson versus Billy Quarantillo, two two guys that are uh, kind of making their way through. So I mean, you look at that main card, and I agree, there's not one of those other fights that I would have agreed with promoting to the main event. Yeah. But as far as entertainment value, I'm I'm down for that. And then you go all the way down to the prelims. Tyson Nam is always fun against Matt Schnell. I'm a big fan of Matt Schnell, man. I think that that's going to be fireworks. Julia Avila, man, she's really kind of taking the UFC by storm. I think people are a big fan of her against Sajara Eubanks, who's uh, always got a little chip on her shoulder. Yeah, and, and always likes fun to, to see Sarge in there. She is, man. Frivola versus Roosevelt Roberts. you got a couple of impressive young kids there. Uh, Jalen Turner and Brock Weaver's in there. Bob Reen, I mean, that's look, a fun one. That, I'm telling you, I think this card is going to be a lot of fun. And as we said, um, you know, the Bellator 246 lineup, 
not quite as strong. So I think you don't have to worry about missing a lot of the prelims or Bell Tour two forty, even those overlaying. Yep. So this is not uh, on That's the surface. Be a fun night. Yeah, I would. I, I I agree with the way you're, you're thinking right there. Is to yep. to roll with this UFC card, get through it, get through that main event, hope that it gets done nice and quick, and then hop over there and catch that last bit of the Bellator card. I'm telling you, that's man. a good night of fights. That's a I lot mean, you, of good fights. and Gracie, you know you're getting 15 minutes there, so that'll get you yeah. there. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. John Fitch, how about John Fitch? Still if, out if there you grinding, like jiu-jitsu, man. tune in to John Fitch versus Neiman Gracie. Ah, oh, man, it's uh, <laughs> you know, well, I will say, you know, you probably want two screens going. I mean, Liz Carmouche, what an interesting position she's in. That's in true. That if she wins, um. It may very well set up a title shot uh, against her teammate, Elimelay McFarlane. Um, and they've kind of come to the understanding that that's, you know, for a title, we do it. You know, if it's not for a title, we don't. Yeah. Um, because uh, with the travel restrictions, um, a lot of the top contenders for Elimelay right now are, are unable to get into the country. So even though Liz is new, uh, you know, to the, to the company, she could get a title shot right away. And, and what a story that would be. So that's worth watching. But, you know, listen, this USC card uh, will both be there. I'll be inside the Apex. Uh, you know, covering everything from K-Side. You'll, of course, uh, be most likely in the tent or potentially in the Apex as well. Yeah, unless a giant windstorm comes and just picks up us in the tent. I might be in Kansas before it's all over. You never know. Or Oz. (laughs) Kansas. Um, Yeah, but, dude, honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I I think it's going to be a fun – I think it's going to be entertaining. I I guess I would say maybe this is a card that I would say, look, if you've got plans on Saturday night and you want to come watch it later – I mean, it is on ESPN Plus, so it's going to be on demand. I get it. Th- this this might not be one of those cars that you feel like I have to watch it live, but I feel like there's going to be I feel like there's going to be some good fights. But I think we're going to walk out and say that that was a that was a fun night of fights. Yeah, I, and it happens time and time again. These fight nights that people seem to think that it's only it's only good to tune in on the pay per views. These fight nights, and this could be one of those ones where people look back after it and say, I don't know why I had any doubts. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I had any doubts. So listen, um, that's this week. Looking to the future again, uh, you are on uh, furlough next week, so uh, I'll just be working the events solo. But, of course, we'll, we'll do a road show. We always have. That'll, that'll 285 consecutive weeks without fail. We don't miss. So we will be there. We will have that. What am I looking at here? I got to make sure we give a shout out to him. I don't think we gave him a shout out oh, when we talked you, about Patreon. You're correct. We did. I, we did. That is my fault. I wasn't sure what you're trying. I to was show just me. trying to point to you to make sure we didn't forget. Throw, throw the a end. little shout well, out. Hey, there. let's give a little shout out, Andrew Allen. We talked about Patreon and we forgot to mention you, but I I was going to work it in before the end, and then I was just actually trying to show John so that we didn't forget. That was my fault. We're we're scra- I'm not going to lie. It's a busy day today because uh, they moved the media day to today, which means we've yeah. been scrambling on media day. We've got another media day that we've got to get to because uh, oh, yeah, Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya are, are both doing virtual media days. So, yes, uh, I'll admit that we are scrambling, and uh, so my apologies. But welcome, Andrew. Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you very much for hopping on board. We do appreciate that. We appreciate that. you. Uh, all right, so look into the future. Uh, next week I'll be working solo, but like I said, we will have a roadshow as we always do. Uh, then I am going to leave uh, to go to Fight Island. Supposedly. Uh, what's that? Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's supposed to If they to be ever happening. make it official. I mean, I don't even know <laughs> if it's happening or not. Uh, I'll be over there the whole time. So, again, it'll be me uh, by myself uh, for, as far as Junkie's concerned. Hot T will be there. Hot T will be there for the road show. He's going to be there for the whole uh, five-week run as well. So we'll be sure and uh, we'll be sure and have plenty of content with him on board. And uh, we'll try to do a little bonus things here and there. Because, you know, the last time, the first week was really about just covering the protocol and, and seeing how – you know, figuring everything out and, mm-hmm. and covering – 
the events itself and, and how it was being done. And then the second week was just insanely busy because it was two events. And so it was, you know, media day weigh-ins fight, media day weigh-ins fight, and, you know, tests in between and no sleep. It was brutal. And then by the third week when we actually had a day off, I was just toast, man, to be honest with you. But this time it's just going to be one fight a week. There's no Wednesday cards. So I think we'll have plenty of time easy to – peasy. It's going to be easy. I think plenty we'll have – Plenty of time to jet ski and – Go golfing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The know. extra stuff. That's what I'm talking about. The bonus. <laughs> no, I'm talking about trying to pick up, you know, maybe some training partners that are there. Some, some, you know, catching up with Mark Goddard, for see, instance. See if you know? get somebody to actually work out in that octagon. <laughs> maybe it's cooled down temperature-wise. It's cooled down a little bit, but it's still like 100 it's degrees. Still, There's no way anybody's working on that octagon. <laughs> yeah. No, that beats so that funny octagon. seeing everybody take their little selfies in it, but, like, nobody was in there longer than 30 seconds. Absolutely not. Literally, you had to go get a picture of the of the octagon of that course. was that was the of requisite course. selfie and then you left and then you left it's like the going to see the las vegas sign you have to do it and then you get the f out of and there. then you go because <laughs> it's hot that's it so we'll have that so we'll have coverage uh, from all that so again patreon.com slash mma roadshow uh we'll have some bonus content and stuff like that over there and, and we'll try to make sure that uh, mma junkie is stocked full of coverage as well and man we're you believe we're we're almost back to full strength on our on our MMA junkie team, man. The furloughs are almost over. Almost done. I think the next two weeks, and some it, people are off. Yeah, I was say by I the end no, of September, no October will be maybe. back full yeah, strength. Yeah, yeah. By October, October we'll be back to full strength. So I think we have two more weeks yeah. of furloughs through the junkie team. Me, I'm 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 monitoring the past, and I gotta tell you, uh, I mean, those of you that are uh, uh, you know longtime listeners, you know, we've been pretty open about it, man. I've had some ups and downs on weeks when I didn't work, and. Uh, Man, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm so happy to have that in the review. But yeah, we haven't had a full team working on the website since April 1st, basically. Something. And for three months, we were working half a staff at a time. And for the last three months, it's been a little. We've probably had like a third of the staff off at a time. So we were 50% yeah. level for the for the first three months. The second three months, we've been at about 67% level. And I want to say, now that we're now that we're almost done with it all. I hope that if you're an MMA junkie reader, um, that you didn't even notice. That was my goal. I want to yeah. make sure that nobody knew. Nobody saw that we have less content. We have, you know, whatever. The quality's gone down. The quantity's gone down. The focus has gone down. And so uh, I just want to give a, a big shout-out to everybody on our team uh, because the furloughs affected every single person um, on, our, on our team in terms of, you know, financial impact and that sort of thing. But I think everybody busted their ass and stepped up to the occasion. Now that we're almost done with it, I'm so proud of of what Junkie did during all this time. I, I I would hope the fans didn't see us miss a beat, and if you didn't, that makes me super proud, you know. So I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad. I know that uh, you're you're ready for a week off. This will probably be the first furlough week that you're like, thank God, I am not getting paid this week. I yeah, don't want to do it. I'm ready to be a, ready to be done. This two, this two week stuff is great to be busy, but yeah, having to to leave the house and do something. Seven days a week for work at some point. Yeah, it's true. I'm I'm done. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> I'm cold, ready to be a bum. Cold coffee. Enjoy some of the nice weather outside. That's what I'm planning on doing. I'm Love gonna work that. on my tan next week. So that's what we got going on. We got lots of fun stuff coming up. We'll have this all covered. And of course, next week, Covington Woodley. Come on, man. I know everybody's got to be excited for that grudge match. By the way, did you see Tyron Woodley's? I showed you that right. The tweet the other day that he tweeted at, at uh, Jessica Rose Clark. Oh yeah. Jesus. Tyron he tweeted what everybody was saying. Tyron thinking. Woodley just creeping on. I'll just leave it at that. I won't outline it, but if you want to go do a little internet sleuthing, <laughs> go check out the tweet because it cracked me up. I'm uh, like, look at Tyron Woodley just dog. Yeah. <laughs> Say, just 
decided to say what we were all uh, thinking. Too funny. All right, good times. That'll be coming out, like I said, over at patreon.com slash the Roadshow. Join us for and a half. Otherwise, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.